Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, nearly two-thirds of British Columbians believe employers should be able to administer drug tests now that cannabis has been legalized. That's according to a recent Research Co. survey. But how much legal basis is there for such tests? Bouton Law employment lawyer Leslie Whitaker, she's going to join us on the show in a few moments. She's going to share her insights on what companies and workers should know. But before we get there, a few events to tell you about. Cannabis 2.0, that's May 22nd at the Shangri-La Hotel. If you want B2B information on the future of cannabis, especially with edibles becoming legal this fall, that is the place to go. Go to BIV.com slash events for more information. And on May 14th, I'm going to be moderating an expert panel examining the phenomenon of money laundering here in British Columbia and possible policy and other measures to minimize its impact. Peter German, he's the author of the Big Money Laundering Report for British Columbia's Attorney General. He's going to be among the experts there. I'd recommend everyone come. Now, let's go ahead and talk to Leslie Whitaker. Nearly two-thirds of British Columbians believe employers should be able to administer drug tests now that cannabis has been legalized. That's according to a recent Research Co. survey. So public support might be there, but could such measures create some sort of legal entanglements? Joining us today to lend some insights, it's Leslie Whitaker. She's an employment lawyer at Boughton Law. Leslie, thanks for joining us on the show. And thanks for having me. So first up, I think this is a question a lot of people might be wondering, but if you are an employee in British Columbia, I mean, what expectation is there for, say, drug tests within the workplace? So really, the only time that you would expect uh, to potentially have to undergo a drug test uh, is if there was uh, an accident. And so there would be post-incident uh, testing to assist with the investigation, uh, or if there's you know, reasonable uh, cause or suspicion uh, from your employer that you're impaired, then they could also implement uh, a drug test. Well, I'm curious, though, as well, because and this might just be anecdotal on your part, and we're still very early on into the whole recreational legalization sort of game going on in British Columbia. But are you hearing, you know, about increased interest from employers about drug testing now that we have the legalization of recreational cannabis? No, to be honest, uh, we haven't seen a huge uptick in that. Uh, I think for a lot of employers, you know, they don't need a drug test to see if any of their employees are impaired um, from cannabis. They can use their powers of observation to see if they're acting out of character or having delayed reaction times and can send them home based on that. Yeah, and that's kind of a big question because I, I wonder if employers are in the dark to a certain degree about what they should do if they have concerns that an employee could be impaired. If you know you suspect that, uh, what do you think would be uh, the first step towards addressing that in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like I said, the the employer can you know consider whether or not they're so impaired that they need to send the employee home, um, or if they just need to you know restrict what work they're doing. Um, but a really good policy comes in handy here because it sets expectations for the employee as well as for the employer and how to deal with those situations. Uh, and typically, you know, we suggest that there be progressive disciplinary measures, um, such as, you know, first a written warning, um, then suspension without pay, and ultimately termination of that employee if um, cannabis impairment happens repeatedly. 
Well, I do recall, you know, last year, uh, employers, they started sending out those, you know, memos stating what their workplace policies are for drug use. Have they been put to good use at this point? Do you think that employers kind of figured out what they should be spelling out here? Were there still some things lacking clarity or maybe even just employers not even issuing, you know, uh, statements that were, I I don't know, legally binding, for, uh, for example? Yeah, I think uh, some companies may have just thought that um, you know their their current policies worked, um, but for a lot of places, uh, their policies say they're for alcohol and illegal drugs, and of course, because cannabis isn't illegal anymore, uh, those policies don't actually cover cannabis use. So I think a lot of businesses are still operating under uh, old policies, and they don't actually explicitly address expectations around legalized recreational cannabis. And with regards to those expectations, I mean, if you are in a workplace where you're using, say, heavy machinery or what have you versus, say, an office place, are there different expectations within, you know, say, impairment? Yes, absolutely. Uh, In what we would call safety-sensitive workplaces, so, you know, yeah, operating heavy machinery, driving or transport, or working with hazardous materials, uh, there is a much higher threshold um, for being sober uh, and fit for work. And certainly for safety-sensitive positions in workplaces, employers have much more power to implement drug testing, uh, including random drug testing in some situations, and also pre-employment drug tests. One of the things I'm thinking about a friend of mine lives down in the United States. He's an IT director there. And before he was able to get his job, they uh, they drug tested him and he has to submit to this. I believe he lives in the state of Georgia right now. Mm. And I'm just curious, though, I I think we have different rules of law here in Canada, though. But Mm. is it different, you know, say jurisdiction to jurisdiction if you're in any given province across uh, the country? It is slightly different across the country. Um, in sort of in Eastern Canada, so Ontario East, uh, they are a little bit stronger on the privacy side of employees, uh, and you really do have to show that you have a, a dangerous workplace. Um, here in in the western side of Canada, we uh, favor a little bit to the side of health and safety in the workplace. And if it is a, a safety-sensitive workplace and the employer clearly links the drug testing to the health and safety in the workplace, uh, then generally our courts in the West are likely to favor that and allow that drug testing. But uh, you don't suppose that we'll get anything similar to what we get in some of those states in the United, uh, down in the U.S. where you know uh, drug testing is just kind of par for the course for many employees? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't know very much about drug testing uh, in the States, but certainly here in Canada, we do look at it as a balancing act between health and safety and privacy rights. Uh, And I think in Canada, you know, we do uh, uphold privacy rights quite a bit. So, Well, excellent. Uh, Hey, Leslie, great talking to you. I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Great. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. That's Leslie Whitaker. She's an employment lawyer at Boughton Law. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. And that was Leslie Whitaker, employment lawyer with Boughton Law. And that's it for the show today. I'm Tyler Orton. I want to thank everybody for listening. But if you want to go find our archives, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It's also a good way to tell your friends. For now, we'll see you later.